10 tips um, to help with your sleep hygiene. So I'll just read those off. So don't go to bed until you are sleepy. If you aren't sleepy, get out of bed and do something else until you become sleepy. Number two, regular bedtime routine rituals help you relax and prepare your body for bed. So reading, warm bath, etc. Obviously avoiding um, technology. Hello and welcome to the Prepare Like a Pro podcast. Each week I host live Q&As where I present on a topic to help footballers and strength and conditioning coaches with practical knowledge. Make sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel to receive a notification and never miss a live podcast. If you're a returning podcast listener and you love the show, please show support by rating the show. It goes a long way into helping us reach more listeners. Let's get into today's episode. Make sure to stick around to the very end as I provide a free AFL workout and power tip designed to give you confidence and an insight into what it takes to play AFL. Let's go. Today I'll be talking about how to enhance your football performance with my favorite recovery tips post game day. I've got six different tips covering all the way from nutrition, sleep, active recovery, passive recovery, and more importantly, it's all practical tips that you can apply no matter what level you're playing. If you're playing AFL, state league, community level, the equipment required uh, and time required for these recovery strategies is minimal. So let's get straight into it. Make sure to hang around as well. I've got a wicked aerobic conditioning workout for free for you to try out. And of course, I'll update you on our upcoming podcast guests. We've got a couple of live chats this week that you will not want to miss. And of course, the findings from our LinkedIn and Twitter poll about performance training. But first one, and if of course, if you've got any questions on TikTok for those watching on YouTube, feel free to hit the comment section below and I'll answer your questions at the end of the presentation. But kick it off with making sure that you're well-fueled and you're refueling on game day. So have, have your nutrition down pat. A great resource and a person to follow is Jess Spenlove. She's got some recipes and PDFs and eBooks that you can download on how to fuel for performance, how to make sure that you're refueling during the game, and of course, the recovery strategies. Um, and within that, hydration is also critical. So making sure you're well hydrated going into the game, you're not overhydrated and need to go to the toilet the whole time and feeling heavy. Same with your food. You want to get that balance right. You're not feeling heavy and sluggish, but you're feeling energized and primed and ready to um, attack the game. Um, but also you want to make sure you've got a, rec- a hydration strategy throughout the game to limit the effects of dehydration, which can have some super negative effects for, to your uh, mental and cognitive uh, mental slash cognitive decision making reaction times, and of course uh, how well you recover after the game as well. Um, it's a long game, and we want to make sure that you're well hydrated after the game. So follow Jess's work. Tip number two: some relaxation strategies. Uh, there's a good research paper that I'll add in the show notes of this podcast about um, some really easy, quick relaxation techniques that you can follow. I'll add the PDF document in the show notes, but it basically talks about this research from the Black Dog Institute about how individualized relaxation activities are for athletes. So not everyone's the same when it comes to relaxing uh, and you want to make sure you um, experiment these different types of strategies, whether it be um, visualization activities or breathing mindful activities have a go at different ones and rank them out of 10. And then once you've had a few goes at the different strategies, you'll you'll have a fair intuition and fair guide on what's relevant for your game and what's most effective to relax your mind after a game. 
it's probably underestimated and not talked about a lot, but if you can relax, obviously that's the highest arousal level that your mind will be um, on game day and straight after that game, whether you've lost or you've won, you're going to be um, mentally wired and we want to, from a recovery point of view, start to relax the mind to help maximize your sleep, which I'll talk about the importance of sleep a bit later on, um, to be able to get into that recovery and ultimately start that recovery process. So um, I'll add that PDF give it a go and just start practicing um, those techniques to see what's most effective for yourself. Into passive recovery now, massage, it's been around forever. There's not a lot of strong research in, in definitively understanding why it's effective. However, if you speak to any uh, elite athlete and what's their favorite passive recovery, usually massage comes out on top. So it has a real placebo effect. Uh, it helps with, like I talked about before, relaxation. So from a physical point of view, it also flushes, promotes blood flow to the muscles. So that's really important. Obviously, you just don't want to make sure you've got any corkies or muscle strains where we want to try and limit the bleeding to those areas. But for if your body's healthy after the game and you're just feeling tight, worn down and fatigued, uh, massage can be a really good way to help promote uh, the recovery process by enhancing blood flow uh, and just working through the um, restoring range of motion. And the quicker you start that, the better you'll feel the next day. So if you don't have access to trainers and massage in the room straight after the game, use a, a foam roller, a cross ball, anything you can to try and release those muscles. Uh, and just a simple strategy would be promote blood flow leading up towards the heart. So if you're rolling from your legs, try and promote um, a strong tension leading up towards your heart and then ease off on the way down, just uh, ease through those. We don't want to be going too deep straight after the game. It should just be a flush type massage. So pretty easy and stress-free. Moving over to pool, so some active recovery. Great to get some water immersion to help promote blood flow again. Work through some range of motion, so some mobility exercises like open and close the gate, uh, leg swings, anything you can just take your muscles through an ease of, of range of motion. Um, and that also will help uh, reduce inflammation uh, and re- um, help your body flush out the byproducts, things like lactate that is built up for the high intensity nature of the game. So jumping in a pool, there should be a pool relatively close to most grounds these days. So you can easily jump in there and go for a 10 to 15 minute recovery sequence. If you need a routine to follow, direct message me on Instagram and I'll happily share a couple of different routines for you that you can um, have a bit of a sequence and a strategy going into those pool recovery. But you can't go wrong with just jumping in the pool. Uh, Getting into the water is really, really good for the body. Then we've got um, water immersion. I've also got some research on on this as well when it comes to cold water immersion. Um, yet again, like a lot of things when it comes to recovery, there's not a lot of strong science. A lot of it's um, mixed in, in different camps, pro and con um, ice baths and water immersion. However, uh, I'm a big um, believer for it. I think it, no doubt for those that have tried it, as long as you're not super stressed going into the ice bath, you, you're... Um, you're able to handle that stressful environment um, well uh, and it's not you know something that you dread uh, then i would recommend doing it the perception of recovery in terms of muscle damage is really really high for those that do it on a regular basis so um <clears throat> like anything if you the placebo factor is really effective so if you believe that it's reducing muscle damage if you believe it's helping your body recover from the contacts of the game uh, things like bruising um then why wouldn't you do it so Typically, anywhere between 11 to 15 degrees is quite effective in terms of water temperature and 10 to 15 minutes you might do hot, cold, uh, or just stay in there for 10 minutes. Um, But I would suggest doing hot, cold, so hot shower, five minutes, three minutes in the ice bath, or five minutes in the ice bath, and just do three rounds of that. 
And then lastly, but most importantly, and I've got another research paper for this, is sleep hygiene for optimizing athletic performance. This is where the research is really definitive. Sleep is massively important and being deprived of sleep is uh, has massive negative um, effects on your recovery and your ability to mentally and physically perform. So we want to make sure from a cognitive function point of view, from a strength, endurance, speed, we're getting quality sleep, particularly after your most physically stressful uh, day, it's game day. So really, really important. That relaxation, the nutrition, the fueling, everything leads up to a quality night's sleep. That's effectively, if you can get that part right, uh, it takes care of majority of your recovery processes. So um, it is quite individual as well. Some people are really effective with with naps during the day. Um, from performance point of view, having a nap, 30-minute nap um, leading game day can have some positive effects. Others, it may not. Um, so sleep extension can have some negative effects. So I'll add the link to that research paper um, that I think is quite a good read. It's got some tables of some different positive and negative effects of different sleeping strategies uh, in the show notes. But what is definitive is sleep deprivation negative effects all all athletes or all humans in that in that regard, both mentally and physically. So making sure you're getting quality night's sleep. Um, and just to read off my favorite section of that podcast, there was 10 tips um, to help with your sleep hygiene. So I'll just read those off. So don't go to bed until you are sleepy. If you aren't sleepy, get out of bed and do something else until you become sleepy. And that just um, reduces the amount of time that you're just spending awake in bed. So when we hit the bed, hit the hit your bed for your bedly routine, we're going to have it of going to sleep within 15 minutes. So go to bed when you're sleepy. Number two, regular bedtime routine rituals help you relax and prepare your body for bed. So reading, warm bath, etc. Obviously avoiding um, technology and your phone. Um, so think of re- um, ac- relaxation activities might be mindfulness, reading a book or a warm bath and that just sets you up for successful sleep. Try to get up at the same time every morning including weekends and holidays so routine it again is really really important and that includes on game day. Some people think oh, more sleep is better which is not the case so research suggests routine is most effective. Uh, okay so that's really really important. Don't oversleep um, on, on game day. You'll feel sluggish and, and sleepy. Number four, try to get a full night's sleep every night and avoid naps during the day if possible. If you must limit, uh, must nap, limit to one hour and avoid a nap after three o'clock. So if you get a nap, get the timing right. Uh, if you've got a night game, a nap after 3 p.m., research suggests may have a negative effect to your performance. So take that into account. Uh, and with that whole notion of um, trying to catch up on your sleep. So if you've had three nights of sleep deprivation and then now you're just napping, um, the rest of the three night or three days, um, that's not necessarily going to um, work on on trying to catch yourself up from that sleep loss. Okay, so that's where consistency is the key, rather than having poor night sleep and then thinking I'm going to catch up that sleep the next day. Right, so that's just two different extremes. Just go for a happy medium through the middle. <coughs> Use the bed for sleep and intimacy only, not only for activities such as TV, computer, and phones. So that's pretty straightforward. Don't just chill in bed um, watching TV. You want to try and associate the bed with sleep time. Avoid caffeine if possible. If you use caffeine, avoid it after lunch. It's been well researched. Um, you know, caffeine can stay in the system for up to 12 hours. So we want to make sure that we're having your caffeine early in the morning. Avoid alcohol if possible. If we must use alcohol, avoid right before bed. That can be quite important, particularly um, with football. Obviously, you want to celebrate after the game. So if you play the day game, that won't have as much of an effect of having a beer after the game at like five o'clock. But if you're doing it all the way through to just before you go to sleep, that will have negative effects on your sleep cycles. 
do not smoke cigarettes or use nicotine ever. Straightforward one, consider avoiding high-intensity exercise right before bed. Extremely intense exercise may raise cortisol, which impairs your sleep. So really important for night shift workers, don't do your high-intensity exercise, high-intensity interval conditioning training or strength or power training just before bed. And last one, make sure bedroom is quiet, as dark as possible, and a light on the cool side rather than warm, similar to a cave. All right, so hopefully those 10 tips, I thought they were really helpful, practical tips. And like I said, I'll add the link to this research paper in the show notes. That's it for this weekly update on this presentation. Hopefully you got some gold there that you can apply to your recovery um, routine. And more importantly, there shouldn't be any surprises in there. Uh, they're the, doing the basics really well and consistently well and sticking to your routine is where you'll get the best benefits and listening to your body as well. So it's quite individualized. If you want to join our 14-day trial, like I mentioned, we've got pool recovery routines. We've got access to our academy membership. So you get all of that, plus the online strength, power, and conditioning program, both off-season, pre-season, and in-season. And we've got those for AFLW athletes, those for AFL men's. And we've got four different ones, a development program, a gainers for those who want to put on size, a strength and power for those that just want to purely work their, on their uh, athleticism, and then a reduces for those trying to drop body fat. Uh, hit me up and click the link in our Instagram bio, TikTok bio for a 14-day free trial. You do not want to miss out. All right, we'll move into this week's podcast. On Monday, I'll be talking about how to strength and power train for AFL rules football. The time is to be confirmed, so check out our socials for when I post that scheduled time for next Monday. That's a Q&A as well, so if you've got any questions on the ask around strength training, hit me up on our socials and I'll answer it in detail on that next presentation. Wednesday, our episode with Simon Thomas, a high performance coach. It was a great episode. I interviewed him two weeks ago. We're publishing that on our podcast this Wednesday, so stay tuned for that. And then we've got two weekly live episodes this week. Jonathan Weekly at 2.30 p.m., a research-based interview. Really looking forward to adding the science um, to how we do things in strength and conditioning and sports science. And then Brendan Parsons, strength and power coach for the Titans. So really looking forward to more the practical side and what it takes to work in elite sport and how um, you can enhance your strength and power programming te- um, strategies. And then Friday, our bite-sized episode is with Jared Egan. I uh, hosted that interview two years ago. So if you enjoy the 10 minutes bite-sized episode that's released this Friday, make sure to search for Jared Egan on our podcast for the full episode. We've got our um, findings from the performance assessments. Really interesting findings, actually. It's just started, so we're two days in. So if you want to follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter, that's up my private LinkedIn on uh, Jack McLean and then I prepare like a pro on Twitter to contribute to this poll. It was all about performance enhancement uh, assessments, sorry, performance assessments. How really do you do it with your team-based athletes? Weekly is coming out at 17%, monthly at 33%, quarterly at 47%, and then annual at 3%. So at the moment, quarterly seems to be the most popular option. However, uh, Nathan Spencer added a great comment, I thought, on Twitter um, about whenever he feels like his program, the athlete has reached the desired outcome, he'll test, reflect and review the program, how the athlete's tracking, and then go from there. So it's a bit of a, um, you know, you're constantly training, you're constantly monitoring how your athlete's going. Once it feels like they've had that adaptation, it's been achieved, test, and then review and move forward. I thought that was really good. There's no strict, rigid time frame necessarily. It's all outcome-based. And um, once the athlete has achieved what you're, what you're focusing on in that block, you move on to the next phase. So thanks for that contribution, Nathan. And like I said, we're only two days in, so 
the more data, the better for all of us to learn on how we all work. I think that would be great for you to contribute. This next week's episode will all be uh, around which aspect of injury mitigation do you consider the most crucial? So the um, sections that I've added to uh, robust athletes, so hard uh, conditioning training to develop robust athletes for this sport, proper warm-up and cool-down routines, adequate periodization to make sure your programming planning uh, is adequately done and there's some science to how your beat days and low days are planned, athlete lifestyle, so how they're living their life from a um, mental health, sleep, recovery, nutrition, uh, hydration point of view, uh, and then quality technique when it comes to efficiency of movement both on the gym and in the field. So stay tuned for that one. I'll post it in a week's time. So if you listen to this episode on our podcast platform, it is live. So make sure to find us on Twitter and, and LinkedIn for that. And to round out this week's episode, our aerobic conditioning session, there's a few different methods that you can use here, all tempo-based um, prescription plus a fartlet block. Uh, so some of my favorite aerobic conditioning sessions for Australian Mills football, doing 10 100-meter efforts either at every 40 seconds, so 20 seconds on, 20 seconds off, or every 30 seconds, 20 seconds on, 10 seconds off. So if you're well-conditioned, you want to challenge yourself, go for the 30-second option. You should have a couple of minutes, two or three minutes rest after that block. You might do five sets if you just want to work on a you know, 5K consistent running rhythm and good efficiency of movement. Hundreds are a great um, a great distance to work on for improving your efficiency of movement, quality technique, but also by manipulating the rest period and the speed that you're moving at. Um, you're getting an, your heart rate will be in that aerobic zone for aerobic capacity. Then going for max distance efforts, so like for example, three minute run and roughly moving around five meters per second. So we're just underneath our high speed running. Um, you might get a little bit depending on how quick you accelerate, but um, you know, aiming for 800, 850 meters at a three minute run, you can do a two minute run, five minute run, just work out how far you should roughly get at five meters per second. And then we've got our uh, five or anywhere between typically four and eight reps of 200 meters on the minute is a great one. Um, really challenging. Your work to rest ratio will be double, so it'll take roughly 40 seconds near 20 seconds rest. Really um, good for just developing that repeat um, your repeat effort and, and challenging your technique under a bit of fatigue and duress. And then your fartlek blocks, so either your um, two to ones, like your 40 20s, 30 15s, or uh, three to ones for those fits. So if you do it, handle those 100 meters every 30 seconds. Try 45, 15s um, as your strategy around 90 seconds on, 30 seconds off for your um, work. Same thing, aiming around that four and a half meter, five meters per second. Or if you know your 2K time trial pace, either work at 10% you know, slower at your 2K pace or 5% uh, slower or at your 2K pace for that prescription if you're in good shape. Um, yeah, so hopefully there's some different programs and workouts that you can use to structure your next aerobic conditioning session. Uh, if you're in season, do that early in the week so it's far away from your game day so there's no residual fatigue building into the next game. And if you're at off-season, pre-season, you should be doing at least two of those type of aerobic conditioning sessions um, a week. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you on our next weekly live show. Hi, I'm Jack McLean, an AFL football strength and conditioning coach, and I want to introduce you to the Prepare Like a Pro Academy. Our academy is a subscription-based platform where you can sign up to be a part of our community. If you get to the end of each episode of the podcast and are hungry for more, this is for you. Designed for aspiring AFL athletes and staff, you'll receive heaps of bonus weekly content. Learn who the guests are in advance and submit questions. Access to our Facebook group 
with Jack and other Prepare Like a Pro coaches. You'll be able to receive merchandise, program discounts and freebies and get free access to our live events, exercise technique database and much more. This is a great way for you to support the podcast and it helps me with production and release of epic content for you guys each week. Your contribution goes a long way in making Prepare Like a Pro community possible and just for $5 a week you'll have access to all of this special content released on our Academy forums. There's no lock-in and you can cancel absolutely any time.